So back in 2019, I took a screenwriting class at the University of Texas here in Austin. Literally, it was one of the most interesting things I had done in a while. Super, super stimulating. If you haven't taken a screenwriting class yet and you're in marketing or you're in writing, whether it's for UX or creative, I highly recommend it. I had just wrapped up a massive rebrand project for a gigantic local tech company here and my brain was tapped. I finally had a little bit of a breath of fresh air. And honestly, what I like to do is I like to take classes like sailing and sewing and things like that. Uh, But anyways, I needed some type of release. And my friend tapped me and said, hey, you should check out this screenwriting class that UT is going to do. It's it's really fun. It's like eight people. You'll work with like a professional instructor uh, that's on the staff and all that stuff. And I was like, cool, sign me up. This sounds great. Of course, I w- had dreams about writing my own pilot, obviously, undercover here. But like, what was I going to do? I hadn't had any formal training for screenwriting yet. But the most impressive thing about the screenwriting class was the diversity of people and thinking, right? We had eight, nine people in that class, all from different interests, backgrounds, educational levels, all types, right? This was an open course. You just had to know about it and sign up. But the cool thing, right, was that here we all were united around storytelling and screenwriting. And literally, I had tried different things in the past. I had tried improv. I tried stand-up. But screenwriting, after taking this class, it really took the cake and it really resonated with me. So... I had an idea for a 20-minute pilot, you know, I wanted to do something like The Office and Parks and Rec. I wanted to do this rapid-fire pilot, just keep my script nice and short and sweet for 20 minutes. But mine was a 20-minute pilot about two brand entrepreneurs who were trying to create their own version of Crocs, you know, the rubber shoes. And they were sort of that direct-to-consumer, scrappy, born-out-of-the-garage type uh, duo. And they would basically go along life trying to hit it big and get their uh, product out the door. One of them had a very purpose, heartfelt-driven perspective on the business and the other one was very business and numbers driven and what I was trying to do was really kind of show the interplay between those two characters and all the personalities they interacted with so it was kind of like I don't know Crocs meets like Silicon Valley or something like that anyways you can tell you know coming out of a corporate rebrand that was the fresh idea on my head on my mind and literally it came from the heart so I'm not going to hate on it right but I always thought screenwriting and script writing came very sporadically and off the dome for the people in Hollywood and the show writers for the late night shows. Um, But then we started getting into the prep work and I found out that, you know, it wasn't always like that. Sure, some of those that engage in the writing room for the late night shows, they have to work very rapid fire and bounce off ideas. You know, that's a very exciting thing to me. But To get us to build a good story, 
our instructor walked us through some really interesting exercises, such as defining our characters, like who are they? What's their backstory? Writing that log line, i.e. that elevator pitch, such as a young Luke Skywalker joins forces with a Jedi Knight, a copy a cocky pilot and a Wookiee and two droids to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station, right? So at this point, when we started doing all these priming exercises before we started writing the actual script, I really had to hold my tongue in class because it reminded me of work, right? This whole exercise felt like an exercise in brand building, right? And so I'm sitting in this room with all these individuals and I had just been part of this massive rebrand for a giant tech company. And, you know, I just the whole time was like wishing that people with a brand or product would have started this exercise early before they got too deep into their launch or too deep into their product. And you know what? I think the smart ones do. And I'm going to take this episode and talk all about screenwriting. And I'm excited about it. So welcome back to Storytelling for Content Design. I'm your host, Neil Petty. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to Storytelling for Content Design. My name is Neil Petty, and I hope you had an amazing holiday. We're back in action. The coffee's flowing. The office is moving. The slacks are grooving. Things are lighting back up and... As always, if you have any uh, questions or burning topics or whatnot, you can email me at sfcdpod at gmail.com. I am here, and I would love to hear about it. I talked in my last episode about storytelling design and how it's this fusion of brand strategy, personality development, character development for your brand, and putting pen to paper for new mediums like AR and AI and starting to create a distinct brand experience, right? And what's funny is when it comes down to screenwriting and the art and craft of it, there's a lot of tiebacks when it comes to content design and persona development and all of the things that screenwriters work with. And I wanted to take an episode to just kind of talk about that and tie back some things that I learned taking a screenwriting class. And, uh, you know, and by the way, I'm not a professional screenwriter. I just have an interest in it. And I think there's a lot of articles and a lot of exercises coming out that are starting to tie back to the importance of it. So we talked about in the last episode how some of those conversational designers out there who write for chatbots and write for assistants do things that screenwriters do, such as a table read, meaning they create the copy and the conversation and the dialogue between the customer and the assistant, but they also read it out loud and try to catch holes and make sure that they're supporting a personality and a helpful narrative along the way. That's all really cool, but we're going to get into some more tools that screenwriters use, mainly in terms of priming the pump for your brand and telling the story and methodologies that they use to try to solve problems for your users and try to stay on brand and try to keep that consistent narrative. Again, this all comes back to the idea that people interact with more than just one brand per day, right? I think one of the big 
traps that we fall into as product writers and brand writers and you know those of us that work in house at a single place is that we tend to think that we're the only thing that people are interacting with when in fact they're probably act, interacting with anywhere from five to a dozen brands a day and so what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to talk about is how to keep things distinct um, interesting and on brand so that way people can come to expect something that is consistent and quality when it comes to the customer experience. And I think this is everything. This goes all the way from your social ads all the way through your product writing and your checkout screen, right? So first things first, the series Bible is something I learned about in a screenwriter's kind of toolkit, right? Back in the day, there was a show called Freaks and Geeks. It was a 90s series. It didn't quite last for very long, but it had a lot of up-and-coming actors that ended up dominating over the next decade. But there was a show called Freaks and Geeks. It was a very coming-of-age show, uh, somewhat funny, but somewhat down-to-earth. And there was a series Bible that the director had created, which you can find on the Internet if you look around. Just Google Freaks and Geeks series Bible. And in there, you had all the characters and a nice write-up with their backstory to it. So one of the characters, Sam Weir, uh, I'm going to read that excerpt from the series Bible from Freaks and Geeks. Here it is. So Sam Weir is 13 and what we currently refer to as a quote-unquote geek. He's not a nerd in the classical Hollywood sense. He doesn't wear glasses with tape in the middle or snort when he laughs. He's not even into computer programming. He's just part of the group in school that didn't really fall into any category. He and his friends are all a little backwards and immature. They're obsessed with things like Monty Python, Warner Brothers cartoons, and Star Wars. They work on the school plays and in the audio-visual room. Okay, that's Sam from Freaks and Geeks. And by reading that blurb, you can tell the depth and the shape and the dimension of Sam's personality, right? You can probably write on brand and how Sam would respond to almost any question based on reading that blurb from the series Bible. It's the idea of giving deaf dimension and rules around the personality. If you recall my episodes around voice and tone where I walked you through an exercise, we really tried to focus on that. We really tried to do those guardrails that really make you stay on brand and not veer from them. All right, so the next tool that screenwriters use is the three-act play. And what this is, this is a framework that most movies use to identify plot. And this is sort of a framework that has, since the dawn of time, attracted uh, human emotion and attracted people's attention. It's what makes movies great. It's what keeps us in our seats. And, you know, if you work in the creative copy world, you probably do this all day, right? Like you write TV scripts. At the very, very least, we've seen TV ads in full effect. 
here is person A, they are unhappy, along comes the product, saves the day, and then person is happy, the end, you do it in 15, 30 seconds, repeat, right? And yes, I am making TV ads sound very simple doing that. There are a lot more tricks of the trade, but at the very least, that is something that almost any human being can see and say, oh, wow, I need that. So for UX and user experiences and content design and chat and conversation, I think there's so much opportunity to look through this lens and more from a process standpoint, right? And I think there's there's the whole idea that customer empathy it exists in that three-act play framework, right? They are going about their lives, they hit a brick wall with something in their day-to-day, and along comes your tech platform or your product or your shampoo, and it makes their day better. However, I like to think of it more from a process standpoint in that, hey, um, what if we took a user flow, like a uh, UX flow or a customer experience flow. It could be anything, a dialogue between a customer service agent. It could be a dialogue with a chatbot. It could be your app or your product or an onboarding experience. And what if you sat down with your stakeholders, your designer, your writer, your product marketer, your product manager, And you got in the room and you did it writer room style. Basically, you wrote up the dialogue of a pretend person who would obviously fit your target audience. And you write the dialogue for how the brand would respond in that given moment or that situation. And what you do is you start to hash out what's the most important information and what terminology and what narrative are you carrying over to your customers? And so what I like to call this is like a conversational wireframe. But really, it's a lot like a screenplay, right? You're writing a dialogue. You're writing these points of, oh, here's what's going on, and yes, I need help with this. And you're responding in that on-brand way, you know, if you're using that character development device that we were talking about, to sort of resolve what's going on in the customer's mind. And then you go and make your magic from there. And what this is, this is like a conversation first, sort of a script first way of designing a customer experience. And I've done it before. You know, it can feel a little awkward because we really want to get down to some visuals. We really want to get to wireframes or uh, journey maps and things like that. But if you start this way, you can really start to get to the reality of the content and what is being exchanged between you and the customer. And I think it's great. So go make that conversational wireframe and tell me all about it. I think it's going to do you wonders. And it brings a team together as well. Gosh, how many projects have I been in that were content first or copy first and they went that direction and then there was so much less back and forth when you got to the end of the process because everything was pretty much set. Every All expectations were met from all parties.
Now, sometimes the plot is thick, y'all. Let me say this. I'm definitely making a lot of things sound glorious. I'm probably using a lot of consumer brand examples. And so if you're a B2B brand, sometimes the character and three-act play and all of the fancy screenwriter tools are the last thing on your mind. And so you're thinking a lot about your sales funnel. You're thinking a lot about how you're pitching yourself upstream, what you're saying, how you're showing your value with your software or your platform in a really swift, simple way. But I always want to encourage you to go back to that three-act play and go back to a people-first way of telling that story. At the end of the day, your audience is still a human being like everybody else, and sometimes when you use real people, such as a case study or a faux customer who fits the bill and talking about the use of your platform and how it solved uh, efficiencies or organizational efficiencies and things like that, you know, using an actual human being with a name, their stresses on the job, their responsibilities, and really plotting out that point and writing that up in your pitch deck or for your sort of of case studies that live on your website, it really keeps you grounded and it really keeps your purpose front and center and helps maintain that excitement. So easily your software as a service or your, your platform can get bogged down in the logistics and software and all of that. So the art of emotion starts to get lost. And this is what I take away from screenwriters when it comes to B2B, right, is just try to bring it down to earth and tell it in a people-driven story. So yeah, that's about it. That's that's the two main big things that I take away from screenwriters. I think it's so important. Of course, we can get on for days. We can talk about plot points and user experience, but for the most part, the big two takeaways for me are the character development side and the art of building a persona, sticking to it even in challenging moments, and then also the three-act play, the um, build and resolution and what you're trying to solve for your customers and trying to keep that framework going and alive in the conversation of the experiences that you're designing. I think this applies to everything from AR to metaverses, to chatbots. And so please do go forth, maybe pick up a screenwriting book or two and get hip to it. And if you've got a class that's going on in town and you work in marketing or you work in uh, writing or content design, go for it, take it. You're going to have so many different new exercises that you can bring to the table that you otherwise couldn't. So that's a wrap. Once again, thank you so much for listening. My name is Neil Petty. This is Storytelling for Content Design. Again, you can hit me up at sfcdpodcast at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear your topics. Love to hear about what you write in your screenplay, too. Give me the fun stuff. All right, y'all. Have an awesome day. Storytelling for Content Design is a podcast from Yodo, who brings your brand story to life through the power of words. Yodo is a brand storytelling consultancy who specializes in the voice, personality, and statements that make your products and your team stand out. Find more at yodocreative.com.